Hi, welcome to Managing Well. You know, today's episode is about intentional succession planning. And the reason we wanted to do this episode is because I was actually at um, a gathering of some people. We were talking and talking about our work and what we do, what we're excited to be doing, what's coming next. And I was talking to this just gentleman who is um, in the healthcare industry um, and in, in a C-suite position. And he's thinking of retiring um, from this role in the next, you know, five years or so and moving on to something else. And so as he was talking to, you know, telling me what he's he's planning, what he's thinking, he was talking about the people he's considering to, to follow him. Um, and he said that he was really excited um, about this one person who thinks, you know, he thinks she's got the right skills and the talent and ability and she's diligent. And he was really excited for, for her to kind of step into to his role. Um, and then he shared, but she's, she's young. Um, and that gave him great pause. And so she's young. And as we were talking, when I say young, when he says young, she's in her late thirties. Um, and in healthcare, the industry um, is the kind of space he's in is is very white, very um, male, and um, older, a lot older than early thirties for C-suite level positions. Um, and so he was really concerned that she wouldn't be taken seriously. And he also mentioned she was a black woman, and so he was concerned about her age. And I also mentioned, you know, her race and gender and the intersectionality of all of that. Um, and in kind of speaking to his concern of she won't be taken seriously and not because she's not talented, right. But because the way, because of how it's always been done and because of who is in position of power. And so because of that, he was actually leaning toward another candidate who was male, who was older, who he thought would be better received by, by his peers and so like that, that's the rub right there. So when we talk about, you know, institutional practices that do not promote diversity, when we keep doing things the way we've always done them, because that's what people will be responsive to, that's what people want, then we perpetuate these practices that limits diversity, limits innovation, and then things stay the change, excuse me, things stay the same. And so to really make the change, and sometimes I, I think as individuals, it can feel really overwhelming. Like, how can I, one person, have a huge change in in a big medical system, right? In a big um, educational system, whatever the system is, how can one person have a huge impact? And so this conversation is one example of how you can have a huge impact. And so we spoke, I talked to him, if he makes a different choice, and paves the way for her to make the path smoother and prepares not just her, because her skills are not in question, prepares the environment to receive her well, that's how we start making change. And that's how we cultivate great talent. And that's how we increase diversity and representation with the, the baseline of, of inclusion and um, making making decisions from various informed perspectives, right? So as we were talking, um, what I said to him, I was like, it's great that you've got lead time. You're thinking about doing this in, in five years um, as opposed to, you know, in two months. And so in that time, there's some tangible things that you can do to make the environment 
more prepared for her talent and skills. And so some of that means talking about her when she's not around to your peers. So starting to name drop her very intentionally and highlight what she is doing when she's not around so that they start thinking um, about her differently, or maybe they don't even think about her, but then they start hearing her name. They start learning about her from somebody who they already respect and admire and trust. Um, and so, so doing that, giving her the opportunities to attend meetings that she may not be invited to, but if you're, if, if she might be in your position in five years, start starting to invite her to those meetings now, um, making formal and informal connections for her. So after you've been name dropping, you know, about this great, this great person, um, maybe you schedule a meeting with her that bumps up against a meeting you're having with a colleague and you ask her to come 15 minutes early. And then you ask her to just, oh, just come in and we're, we're wrapping up. And she starts to meet people. Um, again, we're five years out. The closer we come to it, when you've decided, yes, this is definitely the my candidate, then that's when you take even greater action and say, this person is going to be my replacement in 18 months, in 12 months, in six months. I want you to know her. I want you to... Um, you be able to use my expertise while I'm here so that she's best prepared coming into the role when I leave. Um, so there's some real tangible things that people can do to um, plan succession really well, especially at the C-suite level. This can be done at any level. Um, the reason I'm, I'm emphasizing at the C-suite and leadership level it's because that's where decisions are made. Um, that's where company-wide, organization-wide decisions are made. And when we want to, we when we want to have an environment where everybody feels like their skills are acknowledged and they can contribute, and there's a sense of belonging and a sense of ownership. If the C-suite looks the same, it's hard to do that. Well, and, you know, this study has been has been out for for many years. I think it was recently updated in 2020, the McKenzie study um, about diversity, the impact of diversity on organizations. Right. And it found that companies that had more gender diversity in its leadership ranks, executive teams were 25 percent more profitable than companies that had less gender diversity and companies that had more um, ethnic diversity were 35, excuse me, 36 percent more profitable than companies with less ethnic diversity. So the numbers don't lie. They're really clear. More diversity on the C-suite um, and executive leadership teams is better for business. And I know sometimes when you hear numbers and stats, it it can feel dry. And so it really, it really hit me actually when I was watching Hamilton, <laughs> the musical Hamilton. And so just think about it, just go with me for a minute. I think Hamilton is a brilliant case study in why and how diversity significantly can increase the bottom line. So when Hamilton came out, and I know it's been many years, but when Hamilton came out, it was revolutionary in that the cast was all people of color. There were rap songs, like the songs were very different than what traditionally had been on Broadway. Um, and what that did was attract a whole new audience to Broadway. So you had the normal people who would go see a show at the theater. And then you had 
younger people, you had more racially diverse people, like you had all these people who had never gone to see a show at Broadway, didn't want to see a show at Broadway until Hamilton came out. And so you didn't actually lose any attendees, but you gained a lot. And then people went again and again and again. And so the amount of money that Hamilton made because it was different is significant. And I think those are lessons that we can all learn and apply in our organizations when you have different people having input and making suggestions and crafting what the project is going to be. It is fundamentally better because there is a different perspective. It becomes richer. It's innovative. It's not the same thing that we've always done for 50 or 100 years. For you as a people manager, whether you are at you whether whether you're at the C-suite level, whether you're at the middle of your career or at the beginning of your career. But to think about what it's time for you to leave the role that you're in. Who would be your replacement? And what is easy which is in what is human would be to kind of pull along somebody who you're really comfortable with. And, you know, we talked about favoritism in another episode before um, that when we have an affinity to somebody that we, we give them more chances and more support and more resources. And so it's human to have affinity to some people over others, but to be thoughtful and to be intentional and to say, you know what, there's not, a lot of diversity in my organization. And, and one way that I as an individual can make a change in the system is to ensure that when I am leaving this position, I am backfilling it with somebody who is incredibly talented and who might not look like me, who might not look like the majority of the people in our company, that I'm intentional about um, wanting to have racial and gender representation ways that company your company may not may not have. So that's something I want you to to consider. Who who on your team might you want to have take your place when it's time for you to to move on, and pour into them, cultivate their talent now, make introductions to your peers for them, and. Maybe you stay in your role for a long time and you love it and that's fantastic. But what you've done is you've cultivated them so that they're ready for other opportunities when that time comes, right? I And I feel this way myself. Like I understand when you, when you have a great team, you don't want to lose them. You want them to stay. Ideally, you can have opportunities for people within your organization, but sometimes you can't. Sometimes what they want or need is elsewhere and to be able to support them in that growth and developing their skill set along the way and contributing to your team and the organization while they're there. And then maybe they're in a different part of the organization. Maybe they stay with you or maybe they move on. Your ability to massage that in a way that is good for everybody is, is pretty significant. Thank you for listening to Managing Well. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about today's episode, go to thelodipogroup.com slash podcast for a worksheet on today's episode. A special thanks to my podcast team and the Ladipo Group who supports this show. Managing Well is produced and edited by Black Faves Brand Studio. I'm your host, Tanya Ladipo. If you have any questions or topics you want to discuss, email me at managingwellpodcast at thelodipogroup.com. 